Hi, I'm Bex. And I'm Laura. And we're here to talk openly and honestly about miscarriage, stillbirth and all pregnancy loss. We aim to smash the taboo surrounding these subjects. And rebuild the topic in a way to support and educate women. Rather than isolate and shame them. Welcome to the worst girl gang ever. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of The Worst Girl Gang. Uh, we're very excited to be joined in the studio. Laura, wait for it, in the studio. In the studio, boom boom. By James, <laughs> the honest dad, Frost. Hello James. Hiya. Hey, and how, how, are you, how are you this evening? I'm going to tell everyone that you're drinking beer. Most <laughs> I'm jealous. <laughs> it's my Friday night, so I'll take that. It's okay, fine. fair Jenny's enough. Asleep, I'll let you off. Go. But yeah, Good. thanks for having me in. No problem in the studio. No worries at all. (laughs) It's lovely to have you here, James. Now, we really wanted to talk to you because we've been speaking to lots of women and talking about all of these sorts of issues from a female perspective. So we're really keen to get get a male perspective on this. We don't often hear from the dads, husbands, partners. So um, thanks for coming. If you could just start by talking us through you know, why you started up Your Honest Dad and how that began. Uh, yeah, sure. So the wife of The Honest Mum, she started yeah, her account. Yeah. yeah, yeah, she started her account after losing Leo. Just kind of transformed, actually, from a kind of tripper advisor account, almost mm. into this mum account and a way of dealing and coping with it. And that just grew and grew and grew because she's not real and honest, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah, she and really then, is. Yeah, I started mine at the beginning of lockdown purely just to take the mick out of her account. Do you know, I have to say, the first time I ever saw you was in the background of one of Lauren's Insta stories and you were calling her an Insta wanker. Exactly. That's my point. Now that is a marriage that's going to work right there. Yeah, I had my little personal account and I was getting more and more and more involved and she started tagging me on my personal account. Mm. So it kind of made sense. And so Lauren, you mentioned that Lauren started her account, The Honest Mum, when you lost Leo. Yeah. So can you talk us through that? Yeah, so obviously we working together got married, decided we wanted to have kids, etc. Tried for two years and then nothing came of it. Referred for facility treatment because she's polycystic. So that's the problem. Right. There are two ovarian drillings, then tubes mm. flushed. Nothing. Nothing came of it at all. How was it watching all of this going on? Well, now, obviously having had the COVID pregnancy now, I really appreciate being able to be there. I was there mm-hmm. for every single appointment from day one, every yeah. single time I was there. Yeah. Half the time I don't talk to you and you have to sit in the side. They'll have the magical scan and the wand up there. But of course, I'm not allowed to see past the curtains. I couldn't possibly see my wife in that sort of situation. No, no. no obviously, that's just a lights out situation. Am I exactly. right? You can't possibly see that. So, of course, the screen goes past, the consultant goes around, the nurse goes in, then I'm sat outside the curtain. It was good to be involved. No one's always included me. You know, we've always done it together. Well, because that's it's nice. like 50 50, right? Exactly. And I've always taken an interest. So, yeah, then it was. After five years in total of trying, then we got referred to IVF. We've spoken to people before who had to try for two years and then they got IVF or three years and then they got IVF. Two years we were trying for, they were referred for fertility treatment. So I guess it's three years from the beginning okay. of the referral. Okay. James, did you write all this down yourself or did Lauren write it down for you? She may have written it down for me. <laughs> I may have asked her to write it down for me. So, yeah, it was NHS, but we had actually the treatment privately through Nuffield Health. Okay. It was okay. all paid for by the NHS, which was great. Oh, fab. It been a bit more of a drive, but our local borough couldn't do it, so they referred us out. Gotcha. Which ended oh, up being great. Because cool. I got to drink lattes while everything was going on. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. You don't get that in NHS, do you? No, you don't. <laughs> for so, uh, sure. Okay. <laughs> 
We uh, hit lucky the first round. 13 eggs retrieved. Three made it to day five. Mm -hmm. And then our better than textbook embryo that they said turned out to be Leo. One wasn't viable with freezing, but would have been okay, fresh. And then the other one was still currently frozen, actually. £350 a year still. Really? That we pay for, yeah. So that's still there. And obviously, we don't know what we're going to do with that yet. um, Yeah, sure. Yeah, particularly as obviously now, right the way down the line, we've obviously had Leo, we've had Teddy, and now we've got baby girl on the way. That's it for us. So it's, what do you do with the embryo? You know? Yeah, that's a really interesting yeah. topic in itself, isn't it? Because that's yeah. kind of a, what do you, you know, do with it? Yeah, yeah. you don't lose it. You no. know, you could donate it, I guess, to someone, but it's, that's it's us. You know? yeah. yeah. It really is. So we haven't decided on that one yet. Um, no, I'm sure that, that a decision will come, yeah. you know, when you're ready. To... We'll get baby girl here, hopefully it's all right, and mm-hmm. then we'll make a decision. So tell us a bit about your pregnancy with Leo. All started normal when we're doing the IVF. We all support a house at the same time. That was, um, sounds like the absolute best thing to do. Why wouldn't you buy yeah. a house while <laughs> undergoing <laughs> seriously stressful just It wasn't just a normal house, was it? <laughs> it was a doer-upper. It was a complete rip-out. Are you joking? <laughs> Exactly. But it'd been going on for ages and it just happened to fall literally the same week. That was a bit of a stressful time. So I was doing four days at work and then coming straight back, picking Lauren up, dragging her to the house, which was half an hour away from where we lived. Dragging her? And then her. she was laying on the floor. <laughs> so basically, she was really poorly from the IVF. She really didn't cope oh, well. Oh, bless her. Was really sick the whole time, nauseous, fatigued, generally felt terrible the whole way through. Yeah, we got through it and then had yeah. a positive result. So yeah. that's great. And then uh, Leo started as a normal pregnancy, like anything. So we didn't tell many people. We only told really, really close family at first. But we got to 21 weeks and did this big gender reveal. Had everyone over, did all the balloons and all that sort of stuff. Aww. And then not two days later, then uh, we had to go to hospital because Lauren started bleeding. We feel like we jinxed it. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah, and, uh, yeah went to hospital because she was bleeding. Went did she feel okay? Or was, it, was there any cramps or anything? Or was it just bleeding? No, she was just bleeding. Just bleeding, right. Just bleeding. She's like, I've just had some bleeding. So, of course, we rushed straight down there, waited for a while, and then saw a GP. And they said, no, no, it's fine. Just go home. So what, I, and you had a scan? Did you have a scan at that point? I don't think so, no. I think they just did a, you know, a physical check. Just a, yeah. Yeah. They'll spec limit. Yeah. You know, they said it was all fine. So, still bleeding the next day. So then we decided to go back. And then when we arrived, just checked and like normal. I was so blase about it, having them said, oh, no, it's all fine the night before. I said, oh, yeah. the same as that. Yeah, and then she was two centimetres dilated. <gasps> yeah. And how many weeks was she, James? Just under 22. Oh, and she so was told scary. It, yeah, told it was an active labour, and, you know, that was it. You know, it was all over. And was she having any pain from uh, at that point? I don't remember her saying No. That. It's all a bit of a blur, if I'm honest. But, um, yeah. So they just said, tip her upside down, because it was quite late when we saw someone. And they said, uh, tip you upside down. And they said, if you're no more than three centimetres in the morning, we'll try to do a rescue cervical stick. Okay. What, what does we'll tip you upside down mean? Literally, like, tip the head upside down. So no. a head to go ahead. Oh, wow. There's a theory that can help. You try anything, we're, won't you, of course? Yeah, like, you would, yeah. Yeah, we tried it. So she was literally, like, on the slant, her feet are up in the air. She sat like that that night. And I didn't go, I stayed on the floor. Almost set up camping there. So we, yeah, we get to the next morning. They didn't actually check how dilated she was for going into surgery, which is a good thing for us. Because when we got into the surgery, she was five centimetres dilated. Would they not have done anything? No, they said they wouldn't do it over three. But of course, they were in there, so they had to go. Right. Um, so we're in the surgery. At first, they said I couldn't go in with her. Being told by the doctors and by the staff that you weren't allowed to go in there, knowing that that was your wife and your child, how did that make you feel? 
angry, if I'm honest. Yeah. I argued my case and then the next time I'm scrubbed up and I'm in the surgery, which was great. Yes. And I don't think if I hadn't been in there, I don't think it would have worked. An hour in, they managed to do it. They think that whether or not it was going to hold, they didn't know. So uh, that was one, one little victory, though. Yeah, yeah. All you can do is little victories every day. That's what we try Absolutely, to do. Absolutely, yeah. So all they said was wait and see. And during uh, that wait, was Lauren on bed rest? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Totally on bed rest and uh, staying in hospital. Yeah, we actually got given a little side room on one of the antenatal wards. Okay. Which, yeah, again, I wasn't supposed to stay in, but the kind of midwives turned a blind eye at first. Right. And then it, I just kind of set up shop in there. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, I went home twice. Squatters' rights. Yeah, basically, <laughs> at one point, I had all my sleeping bag and stuff in there. Yeah. Rubber mattress on the floor. A few pictures up on the walls. We had curtains, a co- blinds. We had a yeah, we were making the midwives tea and coffee in the evening. <laughs> That's why they let you stay. Well, yeah. And we're actually still quite good friends now with some of them. You know, That's lovely. Yeah, because they came in and when they were quiet, of course, they were coming in and having a cup of tea and a biscuit with us. Nice. No, we're on that ward for almost what two and a half weeks. Well, so you yeah. didn't go home at all in between that happening well, and Leo being twice. born. Okay. No, I went home twice, and each time I went home, something happened. So she'd have more bleeding, or she started to have gushes, and that's what. Then they kept saying, "They said it twice. That's it. Your waters are gone. You need to go to the delivery suite now. We're taking your stitch out." That's that. Happened twice. And both times we were told to say goodbye. That's the end because we weren't at 23 weeks yet. Yeah, the first time was the worst, obviously, because they literally said that was that. and I didn't think anything else of it. But only when the doctor kind of go down there to take the stitch out, she said, your service is intact. So the cervical stitch is literally sews up the entrance to cervix. Literally, is that right? Yeah, okay. literally sews it up. Um, but because of it was a rescue stitch. It wasn't fully closed it when it was put tight. in. Yeah. Okay. That's what we've actually had with Teddy and now our baby girl. Right. It yeah, is always sure. a chance it can go, but it's obviously less like. And how many weeks has Lauren been when she's had it put in with the other two pregnancies? Uh, 16 weeks. Okay. So you mentioned uh, Lauren had two gushes and then what happened after that? All, the only goal, goal we had was get to 23 weeks and then we'll look at transferring you to... Right. Which was Peter's, which is a, they have a NICU that can take a lot younger. Their ideal was 24 weeks, but they will take 23 weeks. And how many weeks was Lauren when Leo was born? 24 plus four. And so you'd been transferred by then? Yes. So we get to 23 weeks, he's sorry. We like celebrate in the room. Yeah, of you know, course you do. And then we got blue light to St. Peter's, which has got the big NICU. And it was the same thing over and over again. But they were a lot more relaxed, actually, because obviously they've got the NICU that can deal with yeah. 24 weeks. Yeah. They were a lot, lot more relaxed. So tell us a bit about the labour with Leo. So, yeah, again, Lauren's there. Kept having real bad tummy cramps. Really, really bad. And they kept saying, is it labour? Is it this? And she said, no, it's not. And then all of a sudden, they decided to check. And then, uh, yeah, they said, he's on the way. So then it was a mad rush again. Mad rush to have the stitch taken out. And, and then, yeah, he was here. She actually broke her coccyx in labour <gasps> with him. Because he was only 24 oh. weeks. And he's, he was big for a 24-weeker, but he's still really small. And she'd been told by the doctors that they won't be able to help with a baby that small. You're too so, fragile. Yeah, should he get stuck, there's not a huge amount they can do. So she was so worried about that. Yeah, she pushed so hard, she broke a coccyx. Oh, bless her. He shot shot out, you know. And how much did he weigh when he was born? uh, 848 grams. Oh, my goodness. Which was huge for a 24-weeker. What is that roughly in pounds and ounces? One pound something. Oh, really? Yeah, we'll have to check. He shot out. 
And then, of course, he's whisked away straight away into the little incubator. They're working on him, trying to get his breathing going. Yeah. We got photos from that time as well. You know, just us being so worried, trying to see what's going on. I've got it on video. But yeah, then you can hear a cry. So, you know, he's kind of, his life there. And then, yeah, he's yeah. whisked away. Whisked away to Nikki in a plastic bag. How much did you see him in those first moments, hours? Uh, the first moments, not a huge amount. Because they okay. literally worked him and they transferred him directly up to Nikki. Yeah. I think I, what, I stayed with Lauren for about 25 minutes till they said I could go up. Then I went up on my own to the NICU. Um, wow. Yeah, and then sat in there with her and then Lauren came up. And how did that make you feel, le- having to leave Lauren, who was obviously so desperate to see? Well, exactly torn, you know. Yeah. I'm mm-hmm. always been my number one. I'm always yeah. there for her, but then, you know, I've now got the boy, the boy needed me, you know. Yeah, of course. So, uh, yeah, she said, no, it's fine, go. I want someone to be with him. So then I went upstairs. And I think she joined me. It was about 10 o'clock, I think, at night. And I think she joined me a few hours later. Okay. And then we just sat there. And so when was your first conversation with a consultant about what was expected from the next few days? It's almost one-on-one care in there. They said with 24 weekers, it can go either way. Mm. If we're lucky, you know, we should be okay. But it's hard to say. Lauren had been given steroid injections before. Mm -hmm. The main worry you have when you have a baby that young is the lungs. The lungs mm-hmm. are developed. So she had steroid injections to try and help the lungs. But he still, he was breathing on his own. He did the first 24 hours on his own. But then the lungs just weren't developed enough. And they needed that little bit more time and help. So then he was put on the ventilator after to try and help and give him a break because he was breathing, but he was so laboured. The uh, consultant said to us, if you can get out the first week, we're pretty much safe. It's the oh. first week's always the touch and go bit. Did you guys sleep at all? Not really. They, the Nikki midwives were very good and at times strict when they needed to be. So mm. they did send us away. They will send you away when they think you need sleep and you're, you know, you're, you're no good to anyone when you've had no sleep. You're getting sleep. delirious. Yeah, that's yeah. it. When you just sat there hours after hours, you know, you can't do anything. You're no good to anyone. So they, they will literally send you away. But also, they're the ones that want to encourage you to come down. You do nappy changes, you do feeds. You mm. try and do everything because they keep saying, he's your child. He's just yeah. here with us at the moment. And so when he passed away, he was how many days? Uh, eight days old. Eight days. So you made it out the first we week. We made it out the first week, but I think it was day five, if I remember. He started to go downhill. His infection markers kept going up. He couldn't get to the bottom of it. One thing led to another, and then they're trying to fight fires on three different fronts. Yeah. They kept saying, there's one issue we can deal with, but then they have to do something which then causes another. You know, it's just a domino effect. Eventually it went on, and then it was put down. The cause of death eventually was sepsis. Right. Okay. He was in the ventilator the first few days, then they... He kept trying to breathe over the ventilator. So they brought him off and then he didn't cope well. So they tried to put him back on. I think, I think he was intubated three times, which, you know, for anyone. It's, that, it's huge. Yeah, yeah that's not a trauma. And the yeah. more you do it, of course, he's such, you know, in 24 weeks, it's so Teeny. small. Yeah. So it was after that last intubation, he really went downhill. Yeah. Know? But the, the doctors were, and the consultants were great. You know, there was one consultant. He'd disappear for a few hours, sleep in his office and come back in because he didn't want to oh, leave. That's incredible, isn't it? With all the, with all the shit that the NHS go under yeah. from everyone, you don't hear about this sort of stuff no. nearly as much as you should do. In the days that, that followed your loss, how did you and Lauren kind of deal with that? What did you do? How did you cope? Barely, I think is the word. Once we did lose him and obviously we, we had him and we just made the decision that his oxygen levels had gone, basically his oxygen levels had gone too low and we decided that we were told he'd have no real quality of life even if he did make it out. So right. the best thing to do would be now to turn off the support. 
So you made that decision in the yeah, end? We did. Yeah, we did. Yeah. He said he would have no quality of life whatsoever. Um, but then it was great. We had enough time. We got the family round. They were allowed in as well. And we just read him a story and then he went to sleep. You know? What story oh. did you read him? Good Night Bear. It's still oh. one we can't read. I'm sure. We've got oh. the book of bears in his memory box. But we've got the video of it. I think Lauren posted it once. Mm. Um, yeah, that's a very emotional video. And that video, I'm the one all of my eyes out and Lauren's been the strong one mm. and that's what I try and get across with this is you know it's okay for guys to show emotion mm. you know yes, it is. at times I was a strong one most of the way through but then there's, mm. there comes a breaking point you know and in that moment well that 15-20 minutes Lauren was a strong one because mm. she didn't want his last moments to be sad or for her to feel upset so he'll feel mm. that through her because she was cuddling him and did she you feel you say that you were strong the whole way through. Were you strong for Lauren or were you strong for you? I was strong for Lauren. Yeah, not for yeah. me. Definitely. Always trying to sort everything out for Lauren. And then of course, then I'd have my quiet moments. Were there times that you went on your own and just let it all, you know, fall apart? Not really. Maybe once or twice, potentially. Hmm. Um, I remember there was one time where she ran out of this um, suppository. She's, it Fun basically. Works. Yes, the bum wax, the infamous bum wax. <gasps> how, is, how do you know about this, guys? It feels oh. like a, a secret. I have to take it myself, but do you? Lauren takes it, and Lauren does yeah. tell Instagram that she takes it. She's, yeah. oh, okay. She's very it's honest. Yeah. It's the progesterone pessaries. Oh, I see. The infamous bum wax, it's called. Why so is it called bum wax? Well, you can put them up the foof yeah. or the back passage, but it's best to put them up the back. Lauren Why? prefers it up there because... Yeah. <laughs> it leaks more if you put it up the foof. And then she worries okay. that something's happening, etc. Mm-hmm. That makes, so that makes perfect sense. Yeah, she ran out of them when we were out there. And of course, we couldn't not have them. That was the pharmacy had run out in the hospital. So the only oh. place I managed to find them, because it was a Sunday, was this little pharmacy. Site. So one of our best friends drove up to our hospital, picked me mm. up, took me to the chemist, I got them. But before we went back, she said, no, I'm taking you for a beer. And then she took me for a beer. So that was when I had my time. Right. Yeah. And I literally only had a probably half hour, 40 minutes in the kind of really quiet, weird country pub. You know, they must have thought, what is this coming in with a massive old beard and teary. And oh, bless you. Emotional. You must have needed it. Oh, yeah, completely. Yeah, it was great. And, I, you know, I'm really thankful for doing that. What a good friend. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Then, of course, then I could go back and be strong. And then uh, that's when, uh, you know, the end was now, I guess. When you came out of the hospital and you went back to living your normal life your new life how did you find that your friends and family were towards you as the dad rather than did you find the support was mostly for lauren or were they equal i think outside my kind of main friend group yeah it's always lauren and everything's mm. ain't that lauren our, our real close friends know that we are with their off we've got the same friends yeah. we've been together so long off the friends groups yeah. all the same it's not like they're separate friends yeah it was for yes. both of us really and we had some we had two friends come and stay with us, I think, almost the first four right. or five days. We went and just did nothing, really. Just went out to the park and just... just we were so yeah. numb. You know, it didn't really... It was just something to do and someone here. And we dragged yeah. them up. And did that basically. help? Or did it just get you through the days? It just get you through it, doesn't it? You know, it got easier once we could again go and see him in the okay. funeral home. Because at first, when he did pass, your NICU midwife that's on your shift for you stays with you the whole night as well. So once he had passed... We went and did a bath time and we went and did mm. handprints and all that. But she said to us, do you want to sleep with him tonight? And of course, my facial reaction was, I don't, I don't know. That's so weird. But it was one of the best really? things we ever did. And I'd encourage anyone 
anyone that gets the opportunity should this happen definitely do it a cool cop was provided a cool map was put in bed with us and it was our only real time us alone with him yeah you know mm-hmm. at that intimate time where he could just be a baby with us i know he passed away but we still he lay between us and we slept in between us all night and we read him stories and yeah that was so good and we had the whole day it was just trying to drag us away in the morning that was hard that must you know? have been impossible we yeah we just didn't, you know, didn't want to leave but eventually we had to and that was that was that and it was like we said, my friends came round and we, you know, someone sent us a toiletries and food box. Yeah. But we really appreciate it because maybe they didn't have to go out. You know? Yeah. It was all like ready meals and stuff like that. Did you find anyone literally avoided you because they didn't know how to deal with it? Yeah, there was a few yeah. people or just didn't know what to do. And what would you say to those having been in that situation and been avoided or ignored? What would you say to people that don't know how to deal with things? Well, there is no words. There's nothing you can say. Mm-hmm. But it's just, I'm here, I'm, you know, I'm here, I'm thinking of you. If you need anything at all, reach out. What can we do? Because sometimes you, you want people around, but you don't, want the, you don't want the pressure of having to go and meet someone. So, you know, you can, we can arrange to do something, but if I flake out... But if you bail, you bail. That's it. Right. doesn't matter. Yeah. yeah. It's just about saying something, isn't it? Just acknowledging... There's nothing to say. You know, what can you say? They can't um, make you feel worse than you already do. No, that's it. But by avoiding it, it seems like you don't care. Yeah, you know, 100%. You know, just say something. Good advice. Can I help in any way? And how long before you felt like it was time to think about trying again? Well, we had the funeral about three weeks later, which was nice because we went to go and see him in the funeral home and stuff like that. Yeah. We had the same time again, um, reading stories and all that. And that was nice. That was really good. And then we had the kind of funeral celebration we did and then uh, we decided to book a last minute holiday. We disappeared, we went to Egypt for a week just to get out of the way. Lauren cried her way the entire way from a taxi, security rank, oh. and then take off. They must have thought, what is this bloke doing? Dragging this woman Dragging through. again. You're <laughs> always <laughs> dragging her. I'm just dragging her about all over the place. <laughs> but she wanted to go. I said to her, if you don't want to go, we'll turn back. But how was the holiday once you got there? Very weird. Yeah. Very, very surreal. Obviously, it was a lovely place, lovely resort. I bet you'd uh, never go back there now, though, would you? No, no, not at all. Mm. Is it just uh, nice to be away from everyone? Like, no one expected anything of you. You could no, just no be you. Yeah, no one knew exactly what was going on at all. We tried to keep off kind of social media and stuff like that. You know, we just drank a lot of cocktails. The theme for many, many people. And it was weird. It was a really emotional time over there. And we shouldn't have been there. That's what we kept thinking. We should be at home. With you our know, baby. Either yeah. pregnant or with our baby. That's what we should be. Not sitting on a beach in Egypt. I still think it kind of helped, you know, just to have a change of scenery rather than sitting in the empty house. Yeah. Because that's when we struggled more. Well, I certainly struggled more. When we, after the funeral, we came home and then, you know, everyone has gone back to normal. You know, and then we're just back in the empty house. That's it. Everyone's lives have just carried That's on, it. haven't they? That's when we really struggled. And then and how then... long until you fell pregnant with Teddy? Literally, uh, crikey. Because we've been told for years she couldn't get pregnant naturally now. And I think it was not even six weeks after the funeral. No. Yeah, natural. And it was natural. Natural, yeah. <gasps> Must have while you were drunk in Egypt. Yeah, probably. <laughs> so who All knows? that time trying for Leo and then, and then this one just happens. Literally, I got my new job that I wanted that day, and we said we we're going to go out for dinner. Went out for dinner, and Lauren said, I just don't feel right today. So she just, by chance, did a test, and yeah. 
Because we were going to go and get drunk. That's what we we're going to do. We're going to go up there and get drunk. No, you. Yeah, just celebrate my new job. You know, and then yeah, she said yeah, she's pregnant. Wow. How did you feel? Yeah, what that must have brought up so many different emotions. Yeah, great news, but just pure panic at the same yeah, time. Yeah, of course. Know, I'll be ready for this again. I'll be ready emotionally for this. So soon afterwards as well. Yeah, literally, like you know, and you could say yes, it's a. We would say like yeah, it's a gift from Leo just literally took it one day to the next and we tried to believe we weren't pregnant until yeah. we got to the kind of 28 weeks was our benchmark we didn't buy anything we very yeah. rarely talked about it if i'm honest carried on she went to her appointments i went to every single one like normal mm-hmm. how did you um, cope it, with the pregnancy after loss it was hard it was so hard to deal with and so hard to emotionally process like that's what i said we just didn't believe it was real until we hit 28 weeks it wasn't happening at all you know, luckily her stitch was put in again at 16 weeks. Mm-hmm. She was being consultant-led. She was basically seeing either a midwife or a consultant every other week or every week or so. Yeah. But of course, by that point, we're super panicky and anxious the whole time anyway. Yeah, of mm. course. That's understandable. Every time, every single time Lauren went to the toilet, I was expecting her bleeding. Every and that time. must have been quite hard for you because, I mean, it's out. it was out of Lauren's control anyway because these things are out of a woman's control but it's actually sort of out of your control removed by one so did you really piss her off by texting her like 15 times a day or did you manage to rein in your kind of anxiety levels (laughs) i'm pretty good i'm I'm good at hiding it yeah it was more you know if i'm sitting on the sofa saying here and then i goes to the toilet and goes she goes she might shout jay reality is she's probably run out of toilet roll or something like that but in my, <laughs> mind, in my mind, she's sitting there bleeding, you know. Uh, we're all expecting it to go wrong again. And know? how many yeah. weeks were you when Teddy was born? He went to 38 weeks. And actually, it was great. It was super chill. Good. Amazing. And how Just old is Teddy now? He is 19 months now. And he, yeah, he's oh, great. Amazing. Yeah. And we're pregnant again with baby girl. And so how many weeks pregnant is Lauren now? Uh, gosh, um... What is she now? Is she 30 weeks? Yes, I think you're right. No. Most, yeah. <laughs> wow. She didn't write that down for you, did she? <laughs> How did you know that, Laura? Because I follow her on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know better than I do. <laughs> Awkward. I could be wrong. I'm sure I've seen a post saying that she was 30 weeks recently. Yes, she was. You're definitely right, because I helped to take the photo. There we yeah. are. <laughs> 30 weeks. Maybe slightly more now. Yeah, seven weeks to go. So yeah, thirty-one weeks. Right, that is really exciting. And is it going to be another planned C-section? Yeah, definitely. Cool. Yeah, cool. planned in, and then that is that. I think for us, you know, I can't gonna... that again. <laughs> You've just got to work out what to do with your frosty. Basically, yeah, yeah, something. Who knows? But we'll see first. We'll get her here. We'll get her safe. But even with Teddy, at first we were still being panicky parents and even more hyper anxious. What when every... he was born? Yeah, when he was born, yeah. they think she had um, gestational diabetes, but undiagnosed, even though she'd had the tests. So right. he was huge. He looked like the little Michelin man. Oh, really? Yeah, he was absolutely huge. He was, um, I think, £9.2 at 38 weeks. Oh, wow. But he looked so bloated and huge, you know. Blimey, £9.2. Yeah, yeah, absolutely huge monster. But then, of course, he lost a lot of weight initially. Mm. So then they were concerned he lost too much weight right. and then he's going back. And then they said, no, no, you've got to wake him up every two hours. You need to feed him every two hours because he's losing too much weight. Well, that doesn't help with your anxiety, does it? Yeah, I was going to say. He lost too much weight because of a 
you know, undiagnosed GD. Yeah. Not he wasn't feeding. He was feeding pretty good. But they said, you've got to do it every two hours. So we're at the point, because he was asleep, we had to strip him down, wet wipe him all over. You know, we're wet wiping his bits to wake him up. That's what oh. we had to do. Oh, bless him. I think yeah. sometimes you've got to trust your, your like, parental instincts, haven't you? But when you've had such a horrendous experience exactly. as you have, you don't because you don't, you, you don't feel qualified to, do you? Yeah, that's right. After that, he didn't sleep more than two hours for 14 weeks, uh, four, oh. uh, 14 months. Do you reckon that was the cause of the trouble with Teddy's sleep? I'm sure it was. Yeah. I'm sure it was. You know. Now, if anyone listening needs a good sleep consultant, you guys know one, don't you? Oh, my God, she's amazing. She sorted our sleep problems out. Baby sleep consultant, GB. Her name's Rebecca Askew. Rebecca is a really good name. She works wonders, so I can't recommend her enough. She is a sleep witch, as Lauren said. Yeah, a sleep witch. Yeah, the honest mum chiming in. um, So, do you guys think that you'll be more chilled with baby girl when it comes to listening to what people have got to say to you, you know, giving you their... I hope so. Things. I like to think I'm going to be. Yeah. You know, I definitely feel, you know, like we've done it once now. Mm, yeah. So, you can trust your yeah. instincts. Yeah. He's turned out pretty good so far. You know, oh, he's so. wonderful. Yeah. He's yeah. wonderful. And how would you say you're, so you're um, Lauren's honest mum and your honest dad and your approach yeah. to things, which we think obviously is incredible and amazing. Mm. How do you think that's helped other people? I always think, it, you know, it's weird, isn't it? Because I just put my stories up and stuff like that. And I do it often to help me, you know, mm-hmm. just it's an outlet yeah. for me. And I forget half the time that it does help people, especially like the, that trying years takeover I did before. I had so, so many messages off the back of it, you know, and also as well with the COVID-19 pregnancy blog I did. It's exactly the same yeah. thing about men opening up. They use that to try and get their partners to open up. Yeah, it starts you know, the conversation, it, doesn't it? Exactly. You know, and if I can do it, then so can others. Yes, men need to talk more, but people need to be open to listening, you know. Yeah, for sure. I don't think it happens enough. Yeah, do you think with, with the whole um, pregnancy, miscarriage, all that sort of women, I'm doing inverted commas here, it, women's issues, do you think that men are generally really interested in it and don't talk? Or do you think there is a lack of interest because it's not them? I think it's a bit of both. I think it depends on your experience. Mm. You know, like for me, I'm so invested in the whole process from day one and we lost Leo. And so now that makes me appreciate everything so much more. Yeah. And I see it when I, when I see people moaning about their partners now, like even with, you know, we've got a toddler, so you've got a toddler and they're disappearing off doing whatever they're doing all weekend, all evenings. For me, that's not me. I want to be at home. If I'm not at work, I want to be at home. I want to be with mm. my family. Mm. You know, it frustrates me actually. You mm. know, it used to really annoy me when we were going through the whole IVF journey, and then particularly once we lost Leah, I used to get really cross with people that didn't appear to care about their kids. Obviously, yeah. they do, but it's how they show it, isn't it? You know. Yeah. I used to get yeah. really annoyed with them. You know, I go, "Oh, it's so easy for them. You know, they've they've had a baby, they don't actually care." So That's- you get these these what we would call the ugly feelings <laughs> about. Yeah. Jealousy and anger and... It used to really annoy me. I see all these people with like four or five kids and they didn't seem to care. It used to make me so angry. When I was going through miscarriages, I hated people moaning about their kids and I hated women moaning about their pregnancies. When I was going through pregnancy with all the anxiety and the 
physical side of it, I moaned the whole way through it. And I hated myself for moaning when I'd preached so much about other people moaning. And now I moan about Bertie quite a lot because he's a little sod. <laughs> It's your relative to you, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And I try not to be so harsh on other people now. And and I have apologised to people that I've previously got the hump with about it. I think the really interesting thing about that is that I think I had a miscarriage and there was a lot of like, oh, I can't believe my body just didn't tell me that it was happening. And why did this happen? And then seeing pregnancy posts on, there's a lot of anger there with, with other people unjustified obviously but it's really interesting hearing you as a guy saying yeah no I felt the ugly feelings too but yeah sort of for the dad go and play golf on Sunday right and the ones that go go to the pub after work and don't come home till the kids are in bed you know that I can really see that from your point of view being like you're a dad man that's what I want to do so just go and be a dad yeah exactly that and yeah we're exactly the same when we're struggling the whole way through you know, when we lost him, we used to, used to get so cross. Even our friends, and it was so awkward. I remember before oh, my brother-in-law, they announced they were pregnant, not even, what, four weeks, I think, after Leo. Oh, wow. You know? And it's not their problem. It's not their fault, you know. And no, they were so great no. to us when we had Leo and they'd come and see him and stuff like that. But they couldn't not tell us because they're at that stage. It's you know? such and then, a luckily, deal with. Well, Leo found out we were pregnant with Teddy, what, two weeks later than that? gosh thank goodness yeah exactly it isn't how we're going to process it it is so so tough works out you know Mm. just gonna get baby girl here and yeah so when's baby girl due she was scheduled to be here kind of mid-october she's gonna be here end of september that's next month (gasps) (laughs) exactly (laughs) it's next month oh i'm so so pleased for you that's just very exciting I can't believe so. Two natural pregnancies after all your... It's weird how it works, isn't it? Isn't it, isn't it just? I, I think That's Leo's had a right hand in that. I think so. That's what I like to believe anyway. Mm. And just yeah. tell us, lastly, before we go, tell us a bit about the random act of kindness that you've been doing for Leo's birthday. So, yeah, every year on his birthday, um, we do this. We started it really small, just us doing it. Just random acts of kindness in Leo's name. And we always like to think that you know, if he was here, we'd spend this money on his birthday, etc. So we do that, trying to help others, really. That's so didn't it start off with you taking some cakes or something to the, the midwives at the hospital that yeah, after him? All the little things like that. Yeah, we did cakes for the emergency services and, you know, firefighters. And we did all like the kind of local emergency services around here, you know, and NHS staff and even the people at the doctor's surgery. All the little bits like that. Literally, it doesn't yeah. cost much. You know, it started off with you doing these random acts of kindness the first year. And then yeah. this year, it sort of spiralled a bit, didn't it? Yeah, it, did. it grew quite a lot this year. Uh, Lauren put it on Instagram and, and a lot of other people got involved. A few companies got involved. Um, but lots of just normal people got involved. Amazing. Lovely seeing it go round. And that's <laughs> all for Leo. Yeah. There was you know, one lady doing, um, she was putting baby supplies in changing kind of areas in like a shopping center with a little card and then you'd see someone start following you off the back of that card and go oh my god i've got this today it really helped me out it was lovely to see it go around you know that is such a nice feeling i think the store the thing the thing that's got me about uh, laura and i starting doing this is the people that say thank you you've really helped me and just the fact that you've made a difference in someone's life for the better 
exactly. just perfect. What more can you ask for from, you know, day-to-day living than that? Well, it's amazing. My rambling seems to help people, but, you know, they do. So. <laughs> they, they really do. They <laughs> really do, and I can see why. When is Leo's birthday? Um, 5th of... <laughs> No one's laughing because I looked at my toe just to make sure. I've got a little lion toe on my wrist with his day above. 5th of February. Oh, that's lovely. Well, it would be lovely to uh, maybe have Lauren on to tell the other side of the story at some point soon. Definitely. That would be amazing. Yeah, super. Thanks so much. She can call you an Insta wanker in the background. (laughs) We like taking the mick out of each other. That's what it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. It really is. Thank you well, so thank much you, yeah. for joining us. And no thank, you for being, thank you for being such an honest dad, right? Thanks for having me. So much and good luck with the rest of the pregnancy. Yes. Thank you. Yeah, Look forward to seeing that. Absolutely. Thanks a lot. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much, everyone, for tuning in. And please, please, when you have a second, rate us, review us, and share us. And let's get this taboo smashed. See you next week. Bye.